welcome to Boss Lady Energy. Boss, boss Lady, Lady energy. energy. Y'all, we got that Boss Lady Energy. Welcome back to the show. It's Kristen, and I am here with my lovely co-hosts, Nikki and Courtney. What's up, girls? Hey. Uh, this is a good episode. Back. This is going this is to be a great episode. Mm-hmm. As everybody knows, probably if you're listening and you follow me on Instagram, I just bought a house with my husband. Yes. So yes. we are going <laughs> through it. We've been through it for the last like four months. And so we figured might as well talk about it because the three of us are going through a lot of similar things. And this is going to be a what we wish we knew beginner's guide to entering the housing market episode. And this is going to be a new series. Girl, let me tell you. This is going to be a new series of ours that we're going to do once a month. It's kind of like our tentpole episode because you guys loved our What We Wish We Knew in Our 20s episode so much. So we figured why not make it a recurring segment, right? Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff we wish we knew before we came in. So Mm. this is definitely a hot button topic because the housing market is a wow. It's I have to say it's a shit show right now. Like it's It's really. Yeah, it's it's tough to get a home right now. We'll talk all about that Um, and just discuss like what our plans are, because just like y'all, we went in and we're not realtors. We're not brokers. We had no clue what we were doing. So you know, make you guys feel a little less alone. Yes, this is a very basic beginner's guide. We are all beginners. We're in that seat entering this, you know, journey together in different facets though. I mean, obviously we're not experts. This is just our experiences of how we are entering into the housing world. So just from my perspective through this whole episode, me and my husband are going to be looking for multifamily homes. So if you guys don't know what multifamily homes are, we want to invest in like a duplex or a small apartment building that includes like four units or less. We want that passive income. We want to live in one, maybe while renting out the other. That's our plan, kind of shifting a little bit. But, um, you know, we've never been a landlord. So we're going through all of those processes, too, to figure out how to be one. So it's that's Mm -hmm. where my me and my husband are going down that journey for housing. I wonder, is that is your perspective like that because we live in California? Because it's so difficult to get any other real estate. Like what made how did you guys come to that decision? So my family, my parents always rented. They've never owned anything in their, in their life. So for Mm. me, I'm a renter. I've always had a landlord. Our parents have always, like my parents have always had a landlord. So Mm. seeing that from their, from the renter's perspective of paying rent every month. And then you see that, uh, you know, a landlord, you know, is making that extra money because our landlords always worked a full-time job as well. So it was kind of like a side Mm -hmm. thing for them and all the money they were getting from us. I was like, wow. And then once I started thinking about how we weren't going to be able to buy anything in LA. Um, my uh, husband is very, very into the investing, um, you know, watching all the YouTubes, all those things. He's very saturated in that, you know, niche. So he's, Mm -hmm. yeah. And he's just, he's just like, that's the way we need to go. He's like, that's, I think that's just the way for us. That's going to work for us, especially if we want to see what's great about that is that if you have a mortgage that let's say you're, you buy a place for $400,000 and your mortgage is two grand a month, but you're charging, it's a five unit property or four unit property and you're charging everybody two to two, 2,500 a month, you're already paying your mortgage and then some. So that will be financial stability. If God forbid something ever happened, one of you loses your job, like you'll always have that supplemental income, which is so wonderful. That's such a cool 
thing yeah, to do. I'm sure there are a lot of um, landlords also who didn't suffer as much during the pandemic as others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's also yeah. a really, really great perspective. The reason I actually that, Nick, is because I think my perspective is because I'm from Texas. Like we are just used to single family homes. So that's all mm-hmm. I've ever wanted. You know, typical three bedroom, two bath, like get your starter right. home, work your way up, get a luxe home at some point, maybe a custom build. And I right. always really wanted to get a new build. So that's still our dream like mm-hmm. but it's texas so everybody is <laughs> is literally running there right now because they realize the cost of living which has always been cheap they now realize it's super cheap when yeah. uh, when the pandemic hit and so that still has always been like on our mind to do but now more than ever because we're at that point where we're married and thinking about starting a family we want yeah. those things and look so mm-hmm. many millennials i feel like we we want these things and our parents have had it before us or whatever the situation is. And now we're at that stage and the the housing market is just so hard. Like I, Girl. I'll be, listen, <laughs> it's tough. Like I won't, I'll be, I won't lie. Like we've been trying to save for our down payment, get all of our stuff together for two years. And as millennials, sometimes you get discouraged cause you're like, am I ever going to have the quote unquote American dream? Because really like who, who's able to, to buy right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, you are because look at you guys. You guys got married and you're like, are we ever going to get married? And then you did. And it was wonderful and all that stuff. But girl, no, I we mean, could have went down to the courthouse. Stop. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get comparison. into that later. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, like we, we also want, I think my dream at first too was like, I want a single family home because my, I saw the way my dad bought, he bought his first house at 24. And he yep. bought it for the, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even believe that. And then they moved up into the house that they're in now, but they've been in that house for 32, 31 years. And right. so I've seen that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what we want to do. But then my brother-in-law came into my life and also my father-in-law and they invested in smaller like a condo or whatever. They had excess cash right. to do that. And, and I saw them have that supplemental income that then was even more on top of what they were making. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, Michael works freelance. So his paychecks are a big chunk, but then we have to make them last, like I've talked about in the past. And so he's like, this will be a way if we invest in something like a a single family home, but rent it out as an Airbnb or something similar, that will be a way that will supplement my income if I don't have it. Or if you want to leave your job and, have babies and be a free agent, you can do that. Flexibility. Yeah. And yeah, the flexibility would be there. Um, so that's the realm, the, that I kind of got thrown into happily. I'm, I'm so thankful I got to see that work out, um, for both my brother-in-law and my father-in-law. So that's what we did going into this. And we bought in Joshua tree, which is also, it's similar to Texas in the sense that there's like a lot of land and it's super cheap. And now Mm -hmm. it is on the rise and same with Texas court. I'm sure like homes have tripled and doubled in price there. And these homes that were shanty houses are selling for a million dollars because they're on five acres. My house was not a million dollars, but that the, in the area is on the up and up and there's more buildings and more, um, shops coming and right. will only get better. So that's where we decided to invest. And it's also an area we really love to go. So it is um, very y'all Joshua tree is very, <laughs> yes, it is. And, very <laughs> and like the whole look very of it. Zen. And when you were showing us some of the inside <laughs> stuff, I'm like very, very on brand for the Mons. This is, <laughs> this so is funny, a Mons house. Like, when, I, when I'm posting photos or like video of the, the literal dirt, I'm like, you know, 
people are probably like, wow, it's a lot of dirt. And I'm like, you don't even understand when you're there. Like the <laughs> Joshua tree is on like quartz crystal and quartz crystal and water together, like creates an energy. I don't know if anybody knows that I'm not a scientist, but I've heard this. And, um, and so there's this like feeling of calm and spirituality. I don't know. I can't explain it. See, just, there you, you go. Feel close to nature. There, there it is. So on brand. <laughs> Oh, and tell, the sunsets are fire, listen, like, oh, beautiful. Tell us that your home is made for you, and that's just what you just did, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without telling us. I would, <laughs> I would never, I would never um, I know. consider those things. And it's perfect for y'all. It really is. But, <laughs> but, like, it's hard, though, because there are so many investors out there knowing that the land is a lot less expensive than, say, L.A. or whatever, and there's a lot more of it to buy up. So we've been up against like, you know, BlackRock, the Rockefellers are out there. They're Mm -hmm. trying to buy up stuff, throwing out cash left and right. I can't tell you how many houses we saw get bought for cash. And we only put three offers down. Luckily, we only had to do third time was the charm. But each one went for cash and went almost $100,000 on both of them over the asking price. Oh, girl, so, and that's obviously- standard. That's standard in Texas. They're going over 200000 over asking price. It is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And also, the I think compared to California, the prices in Texas are much lower. But even the cost of like wood and lumber to build a house has mm-hmm. gone up since people are that's just like, everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that like doesn't happen in like the suburbs of Chicago are these like multi-million dollar like homes or even like $500,000 homes are kind of like outrageous in my area. So, you know, these investors Mm. who are starting to feel more comfortable because the economy is in this like recovery stage. And so the shortage of homes for sale because middle to lower class families around my neighborhood are like scared to sell for the fear of like being able to afford a new home that has now been Another like one. J- skyrocketed, jacketed up mm-hmm. the price. So this cycle mm-hmm. leaves like many families resorting to renting, which like allows these investors to keep snatching up these like properties all for cash too, all for cash. When someone you know, hears an you know all what's cash something offer, I heard. You can't resist it. Right. Yeah. But it's right now it's a seller's market. It really is like your your home doesn't even have to be fully um, renovated or anything right now. Like you were saying, Kristen, a lot of these investors are just buying flipped homes to flip at this point. And so I'm a little it makes me so nervous because you think going in that like, okay, let's get pre-approved for this certain number. You basically it's it's one of those things that millennials are going through again. And I'm sure everyone went through in the last crash in 2008. But you're going through it and you're like, oh, my God, I saved this money. I can finally make this happen. And now, like just going in, you're two hundred thousand over. And so now you're not even it's not even in your budget anymore for a home that you would normally be in your budget. It's so discouraging. And you need it to appraise. So that was Michael's and my biggest thing is is that, you know, these homes may not be worth what people are splashing out, but people with cash investments or people with a, a fatter savings account can afford that $50,000 gap that they'll have to make up with their own money if the house appraises for less than what you offered. So that was something we were terrified of. But luckily the appraise, like when it's supposed to happen, how it's supposed to happen, I'm telling you it happens because we were terrified it wasn't going to appraise and it did. There were like three other homes in the area that sold for over 400,000 and that's how much I paid for the house. Oh, wow. I just told you that Um, right there. $400,000, not of my own money. Thank you, bank. But we did put 10% down. So it was like the lowest we could go. I know there are some loans you can get that you could put like 3% down, but then you're more 
mortgage is way too expensive. So for a three bedroom house on five acres of land in the, in the dirt, we are paying less than we were paying for our rent in LA for a two bedroom, 900 square foot house, which is awesome, Chris. And yeah, right right now there are a lot of programs and since President Biden has been in office that are trying to help people that are getting home. So student loans has been a huge reason why a lot of millennials and a lot of people in general haven't been able to get homes. And now they have it to where instead of it being that 1% that they put towards your um, debt to income ratio, they're only taking 0.5%, which is a huge thing. Because if you got $100,000 before, Mm -hmm. like they were going to put an outrageous amount and that's cut in half. So yeah, that's helping a lot of people. And also the um, I think is is it the USDA or I can't remember if it's FHA, FHA or USDA. It's FHA. Get, FHA. Or no, no, the rural area ones. I think it's USDA. Is it because USDA is like. Isn't USDA like the certified organic like USDA? What's USDA? Yeah, <laughs> USDA, USDA. Hold on. Is me, I, the United I'm States sure. Department yep, of Agriculture. Yeah. So, OK. OK. So, yeah, they so, have loans. Yeah, so USDA is all oh. about um, buying in like rural areas. So a lot of people are moving to these areas in Texas and Georgia and these country areas that have a lot of land and they're getting really good um, really good rates. And um, yeah. I think that's really the appeal now for people to move as well. So it's just a lot of different factors that are like for uh, people right now. But again, you're getting bought out, like you said, by yeah. all of these rich ass people. <laughs> I know you were. we were just talking about location. Like Courtney, you have a figure out you're going back home to Texas to raise your babies around your family. Kristen, you have family close to Joshua Tree, but you guys are doing it for like a vacation kind of rental home. Something me and Jay are struggling with is like, where do we go? What do we do? Like, where mm-hmm. do we start? Where do we start looking? Where do we well, like, cause we were like thinking, okay, like maybe we do it in Vegas since we have friends in Vegas and people are always flocking to Vegas. We can find like some, like a mm-hmm. nice place to rent out, maybe close to the strip, whatever. Then we're like, okay, no scratch that. Maybe like a college town, but then we're like, okay, college kids are poor. And then we're like, okay, do we go back mm-hmm. home? Like there's just so many, <laughs> they are though. So I want many my factors. money. I want my freaking money. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want this yeah. place to be, I mean, I paid like $400 in rent when I was in college. So like, who knows what the prices are Same. now in college towns less but, than that mm-hmm. yeah no, I, I think i paid 600 but and that was in oc 600 oh, bucks a month. that wasn't bad for oc <laughs> Honestly, girl, cheap, find, actually. find yourself a nice almost retirement home area i love burbank i'm sorry i will always like <laughs> i just ride or die i am a rider i'm a rider for burbank because it is just suburban enough and there are just enough retirement homes to where if you invested in this area your people are staying put they're trying to live comfortably you're not going to worry about people passing up on their rent or getting evicted like find yourself those areas find yourself a social security like retired social security account situation no, but Nick, if if you guys live there for a little while or if you have somebody that you know that could move in and be your like land person mm-hmm. and and also live there, that might be an idea so that yeah. you kind of t- can take that burden off yourself, you know? Right. And that's why we were like, okay, well, if we live in like, let's say we get a duplex, not to like go above our means right away and get like a fourplex or something, whatever those are called, or like a little apartment building yeah. with four units, whatever. Um, We were like, we yeah. could live in one, but where do we go? Do we stay here in LA and try and buy one for like $800,000 close to a million? No, because then we're not yeah. making as much as we could if we went back home. Right off so the bat. So it's just, it's it's a lot. I don't know. Well, we're you're, we're at you that stage, <laughs> very beginning. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people feel that like finding the location is the is the hardest part, like where you want to mm-hmm. settle, where you want to invest, whatever the case is. And I think that's a conversation y'all have to keep having because that was really hard for us. Like I was so set on staying in California, those solid 10 years. It's coming up on 10 years or in two years, it'll be 10 for me out here. And mm-hmm. we were so set on where your job is, is where you plant your roots. And for me, I, I'll be honest, I was always a little unsettled about it because I knew Texas had better better cost of living, better homes, like you just get more bang for your buck. And then they get to mm-hmm. be with my mom and my dad and, and my siblings and their nieces, or my nieces, all of them. They just get to be yep. around family. So we finally made that decision once our priorities changed. So I think that's when yeah. a lot of people are starting to make the big jump. Because as we mm. saw when 2020 happened, Oh my God. It was a huge like decision making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone had to make a decision. You got folks going back to Georgia, going back to Mississippi, Texas, all of their like places because they couldn't afford to live in California anymore. Or even if they could, it was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm staying in the house. And the whole point of living here is to network and be out. Right. Yeah. So definitely got to reach that point. But Kristen, I'd love to know how you guys saved up for your down payment. So we had some debt that we had to pay off first. We did that the first like three months of living here. And then Michael got a few really big checks that we were able to use toward the down payment. And I still had some savings. And honestly, our tax returns helped us a lot. And this year I'll be in a different tax bracket. So we took advantage of that. And I took a loan out from my aunt my aunt invested a little bit into us. We asked her for a nest egg. She got a lot of money when my grandpa died um, and it's just been sitting there. And I was like, okay, well, if you don't want to buy anything, will you invest in us? So she gave us a little nest egg to put toward the house. She's not a co-signer or anything like that. Michael and I just kind of wrote out this whole plan for her and said like, this is what we'll give you. We'll give you 5% every month of our earnings. And we worked with her to figure that part out. So we didn't do it fully on our own. I can't say that in all honesty. Like I felt weird being like, and also the tax, like I have to tell you (laughs) that that was part of it. Like my parents couldn't, didn't Mm -hmm. help. My Michael's parents didn't help, but my aunt Robin is wonderful. And she, she gave us a little something. So that was, that sealed the deal. Shout out to Aunt Robin. Love you so much. So that's what we did for our down payment. And we only put 10% down. So that, and and that may be, people may frown upon that, but that's how we could get in as soon as we could. And we did it within six months. So it's always, it is, but I also, I also feel weird because like we didn't do it fully on our own. So like, but it is still great because we did pay off our debt and Listeners, I think you just heard some gems from Kristen, but you need to stop being so worried about receiving help. Like in life, all of us at some point need help and it's important. And the fact that she was able to do that for you guys to jumpstart your future of being investors and homeowners, like that is such a huge thing. And there's some somebody out there that feels like they have to go through this long method that, you know, and we'll talk about a bit later, but you don't have to follow everything by the book. I think you really just help somebody out there who may have been struggling with the same thing. 
But I also yeah. feel like it's very, very, at least all my friends, um, you know, if, uh, I, like, I can name like at least three who have received when they got married, received a chunk of money from their family for a down payment on a house. Yeah. So it's not uncommon to get receive help. And to be honest, your aunt made a great decision by investing in you guys and getting something back. Cause a lot of those parents yeah. who give the money, they're done. They don't got nothing. <laughs> so That's Robin, true. you're right. You know, yeah. so. I know. I'm like, I just feel funny saying that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to act like it's fine. I can't lie that I had to be totally honest. So, so that's the truth. But um, no, that's awesome. Look, it's you were talking about it being frowned upon about uh, putting down the 10 percent. And I have been someone religiously following all these financial experts. I've subscribed to all the people. Shout out to the budgetista. And I won't lie. I follow <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Um, but you know what? I'm really figuring out. I have to make a cocktail of what they're saying because everything doesn't apply to my yeah. situation. Like when we first were saving for our down payment, we were listening mm -hmm. to Dave Ramsey and it was beans and rice. It was put everything that you have into your debt. And while that helped me take out a huge chunk of debt, then look, I got I end up getting laid off and I could have used that money towards a different right. situation for us. So mm -hmm. it was really important when we started to get back on track about saving for our down payment that we focused on having that um, just that security, like not just a regular savings account, knowing that like if it does go over asking, we have some wiggle room, just that yeah. safety net is just so important because a lot of people like me listening probably are thinking, oh, just save like $50,000, save $60,000 or whatever it is, $20,000. And then you just give it all into a home and your house poor. So that definitely is something I would never recommend. You want to yes. have that security. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be house poor. You got to make sure you can make the, the money work for you, like being able to, you know, do small renovations. And that's that's what we're doing right now is is realizing, oh, OK, we can't we have some extra cash. We can budget for redoing the, the kitchen or redoing the bathroom like and trying to keep it under a certain amount by really looking for the less expensive route, but also still chic. It can be chic, but inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going through right now. Even though you guys went through that method, when it comes to people that want to get a new build, I think it's really important to have extra funds too, because what if you want to go into the design center and make some upgrades? Like a lot of people aren't thinking about that. They're thinking, oh, it may just come with it. Like you're seeing it online or, or you may be like, into Zwillow and Redfin and all of those things and just not know what, you know, going in that that's not going to be how your house looks. So it's really important to have like that extra income or that extra mm -hmm. for the down payment so you can have some wiggle room. You know, well, go ahead, Nick. Court, you mentioned Dave Ramsey. I know back in like season two, season one, you've been talking about him word for word. You were like, this is what we got to do. This is what mm -hmm. we're doing. This is the method we're following. And I know you mentioned the budgetista too. Avalanche. <laughs> exactly. Debt avalanche, debt snowball, like all those things. But it's, it's interesting because you say you have to make a cocktail. For me, I feel like because it's such a saturated field right now for a lot of millennials, and those are a lot of people we follow and a lot of people who is the demographic for these people who are putting that material out, I feel like it's contradicting in ways for people because each person's putting their own mix on things of how they did it. And I think small steps, obviously, like you said, can be implemented. But when you follow something word for word, what someone else did, that doesn't work for you as well. You mentioned you got laid off. You were following Dave Ramsey's plan. And then in Dave Ramsey's plan, he didn't say what's going to happen if, if this happens. If and these so, things happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just think it puts millennials in this 
like tunnel vision almost that they're following this person. And then all of a sudden when it doesn't go their way, they kind of like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. Like we're, we're done with this or they get very discouraged. And I think that just, I don't know yeah. those people. I just kind of feels like a fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you just feel like a failure and you're like, I just got to fuck it. And then you, maybe you don't end up doing anything. Uh. Yeah, and, and you know what? I really still I really do love following those people still. And like I said, I've made a cocktail of it now. Um, but I think it really is a mindset thing. A lot of people are, and I wasn't necessarily one of them until the wedding happened, but a lot of people are charging things on their credit card and they're not paying them off every month. Like I would faithfully used to do that before I have a great credit score and then the wedding happened and I'm charging all the stuff on that to get reward points. Rabbit hole for another day. But Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to when it, what it boils down to is after that happened, it wasn't that I was in a bad situation with the down payment. We clearly had saved so much money. And I will say I'm glad that, you know, 2020 happened when it did, because I knew what it was like to leave a job back in 2019 and to survive off of that. And so I think that that really um, changed my mindset on money. A lot of people going mm-hmm. in trying to buy their first home, they're just thinking save, 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 or maybe invest so we can save faster or or find different methods to get that down payment. And they're not thinking, how am I going to handle this afterwards? I think the me leaving my job helped me a lot going inside a little bit of a different mindset and also just listening to other people in situations that sound similar to me. So the budgetista, she was a teacher. She lived off a teacher salary and paid down a crap ton of debt. And that was my situation. So listening to her mm-hmm. and Dave Ramsey and all of these different people in similar scenarios as me really helped me to not feel discouraged that we didn't get the house when we said we wanted to, um, but to keep moving forward and say like, oh, well, this just gives us more time to get the house we really want instead of just our starter home so yeah. I don't know it really is a perspective thing when you're going into this market do not get discouraged your time will come so that's yeah. definitely one thing. it's so funny yeah I, Michael and I have been documenting our journey on YouTube and I when I'm editing I'm editing videos from like a month or so in the past and I'm like laughing at myself because I'm seeing this giddy, excited person, just like, here we go. It's going to be the one. And I'm like, bitch, calm down. It's not the one. It usually isn't. It takes a few times. I talked to one of my friends. He said his buddy put 15 offers on a house before somebody actually accepted the offer. Luckily, it only took us three times, but we understood that process. And like, you go to a house thinking it's going to be one way and you're like, oh dear God, there's a pipe sticking out of the middle of the living room. Like, no, thank you. Or oh, the, the land, the, the owner's here and she's psycho. I don't want to deal with that person, you know? So it's just funny. It, it Keep your head above water as much as you can. And also just know that, yay, it's exciting, but try not to put your heart and soul into every house you go into because it's just not going to be what you think it is. And, and when it's right, it will happen and it will be right. As everybody always tells you when you're in the moment and you're pissed off and you're like, mm-hmm. shut the F up. <laughs> But it's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, would you say that it's it's important to go in with the realtor, though, because that was like a non-negotiable. I must have a realtor going in. I think a lot of people feel like they can do it on their own because they're like they're into Zwillow and Redfin. And it's like, oh, honey, you have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You need to. I, honestly, real estate agents are are interviewing people now instead of the other way around. We're like you're interviewing them to see if you like 
you know, mesh well with them because they have so many people wanting to buy right now. And my, our real estate agent, we found him on Instagram and looking on different sites and Yelp and just seeing, you know, the different reviews. We talked to like two other guys and they were a little more stiff and we're young and we wanted somebody who was young and understood what we want and like what we're going through. And, and he's, he was a drummer and all this stuff. So he was musically inclined and Michael and him hit it off really well. So it, it, you will find your person and you should find a person because why you're trying to do it by yourself in this market? Absolutely not. There's Mm -hmm. no way. And once the moratorium ends, there's going to be a lot of foreclosures, I'm assuming. So those can get snatched up, but you'll want a real estate agent to help you do that. But the one thing I will say is even though there are all these investors and you may feel like in over your head, we wrote a letter to our girl and the seller and she picked us off the letter. It was between us and another couple from LA actually. And we had similar interests and we played to that. We were like, Hey, this is what we like. Like we see that you like this too kind of thing. And she was like, I want people like you in the house. She did a similar thing with the house previously to us. She had it as like a bed and breakfast kind of thing and lived there part-time. So it it just all worked out and it all happened because of that letter. Yeah. It just made sense. Yeah. And Michael's mom was like, what did you put in that letter? And we were like, we'll never tell. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it's great. So don't let anyone deter you from writing a letter because a lot of people are doing that right now for renting too. And that worked out with us in our house in LA when we lived in it too. We wrote her a letter and she chose us. So don't poo poo it. it. Also, there were a ton of bidding wars happening in that's what happened with the first two homes that we lost out on Mm -hmm. were bidding wars. And the way that we tried to avoid that was with this thing called an escalation clause. So if somebody put an offer on a house that was, let's say, 350, we put an escalation clause on our offer. So we also went in at 350 and then said 400,000 is our tap out. So if someone put it at 375, we put a $5,000 escalation clause on it, then it would go up to 380 and Mm. we would get the house. So that's a way you can avoid bidding wars in this market. And that's what our real estate agent did for us. Nice. Um, Yeah. So that was a way you, you can be really competitive because you'll go back and forth and get counter offers. And that's kind of what the bidding war does. So say it's you and another couple that's going for this house and we offer 375 and they offer 385. And then the seller is like, okay, well let's counter the other people and see if they'll get to 400. And then you go through back and forth of countering or whatever. So that's what we tried to do to avoid that situation. And we only were in that in the last situation. And that is when we capped at our escalation with our escalation clause at 400 and wrote the letter and we're like, let's seal this deal. Nice. And, and another thing to think about too is the lender that you choose. So there are big banks like Chase and Wells Fargo and you may be buying somewhere that's rural, let's say like myself. And we got pre-approved by Chase. Chase is a major bank. They are located in LA and New York, like any major city. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere. Joshua Tree is not so much a major city and the people that they would send out to our home to appraise it would most likely be from the Los Angeles area. So they wouldn't know the area and what the homes in the area are worth. So if we kept Chase as our lender and we had a local agent meaning from Los Angeles, come out and appraise our home that we put a $400,000 offer on, 
that maybe he thought it was only worth 300,000, let's say. And then what does that do for you guys? That would mean that we either have to pay that hundred grand gap that we offered and the bank only said it was worth this much. So then we'd have to make up to, to fill in the gap for our offer or we pull out of the whole thing. And if you do that within three days of accepting and they accepted your offer, you'll learn your, you'll lose your earnest money. Oh, hell no. So your earnest money is 3% usually that you put down. So ours was 12 grand. So within the first three days, you have to wire money 3% of whatever your um, house is worth or what house is worth Mm -hmm. what you offered. Right. So we had to wire in money within the first three days. So if our house had not appraised, we would have probably had to pull out because we couldn't have made up that difference and we would have lost 12 grand. So then that would bring you back down to even less than what you started with. And that happens a lot. So we took the advice of our real estate agent and didn't even go forward with Chase. We had been pre-approved, like I said. We got re-pre-approved, which dinged our credit like the slightest because they had to do another credit report. Whatever, it's worth it. The local lender was in the area. They knew what the homes were worth, what you know we were worth. If you know we got a little bit more, actually using a local lender with our um, with our loan that we had, and we got the same percentage in interest with that Chase. They matched the Chase one. Oh wow! And then they had a local appraiser go out and see what the house was worth. Homes in the area had sold for 400, over 400, like 430, a couple others. Within the last six months, they usually check the homes in the area, how much they've sold for, and then they'll say what your home is worth. So our home appraised at what we offered. So we didn't have to make up any difference or anything. And honestly, it was because we went with a local lender. Because if some guy from Chase came out there, like I said, to my plot of dirt, he would have been like, absolutely not. Yeah. And then you, you can't get the home. Be- like, I mean, you're also, yeah, also speaking a lot of like technical terms. People that are in know. like yeah. early in the housing market don't understand. But earnest money, break that down. So earnest money, to my knowledge as a newbie, is basically um, just letting the seller know that you're serious about putting in an yes. offer, right? It's a down payment, basically. Yeah. On the later down payment, basically. Oh, Jesus, Crimini. This is it's confusing. Saying, I know. <laughs> I know it's so confusing, but like the first three days you have to at least show like, Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm all in, you know, maybe not all fully in yet, but I'm in enough that we'll get the house appraised. We'll get it inspected, make sure it's not falling apart. And then, you know, we'll give you the rest of the money. And this is the reason so it's why basically your first down payment. need a realtor. This is the reason why yeah. there's so many things. Mm-hmm. Like if I was trying to do this by myself, what there is Google going to tell me? Redfin and Zillow can only take me so far. Exactly. Oh, oh girl. You no. have to be in it. You mm-hmm. have to be in it to know what's going on. And it, it can be very, very confusing. There are a lot of balls in the air at once. It's hard to keep them all in order, but the real estate agent, if they're good, will keep you on track. Yeah. Now, another thing that everybody is always blindsided by, if they haven't done the research, they're just getting their first home, is closing costs. Because I'll be honest, I thought, you know, I, I'm over here saving that cash reserve. Maybe that cash reserve will like help us have a cushion going into the house, or like maybe we can upgrade at the design center, or maybe we can furnish our place early or whatever. That I 
I was like, okay, I got my stuff together. But then closing yeah. cost. And you're like, yes. what the heck? Another 10 to, I mean, seven to $10,000 that I wasn't expecting. Can you please talk to us about that? Yes, there's so many little things that are in closing costs. You have to pay your lender. You have to pay the notary. You have to, like all these little things that add up are in your closing costs. And for us, we thought it was going, it was close to 10 grand. And what we did when we were closing, there were a few things in the house that needed to be fixed, some electricity stuff and a little bit of the plumbing in one of the bathrooms. We were like, hey, these need fixing. Or you can knock off the, a little bit from the closing costs. So we got almost two grand off in the closing costs, which is not anything to do with your down payment. Do not get mm-hmm, it confused mm-hmm. because that is what people think is that, okay, all that can go toward all of that. It'll just be wrapped up in a nice little bow. Absolutely not. There's so many little things you have to pay for at the end. Wait, d- did you guys have HOA? No, we don't have an HOA. So oh, we didn't nice. have to pay for that. But a lot of times there are HOAs and sometimes they're 20 bucks. Sometimes they're $500, depending on where you're living a month. Um, So we didn't have to deal with any of that. We dealt with our first and second. I think you pay for your mortgage right off the bat. That's also in your closing costs, like your first month, second month of mortgage. And then all the little things in between insurance and um, all sorts of stuff like that is all included in the closing costs as well as the notary and paying your lender and all that shit. Now, is there a way Uh, around like lowering that closing costs? You said like yours was a bit lower. Like how did that even happen for you? Is that just a miracle? Well, our inspector went in and they checked some things and they were like, there's everything looks great. This is a really good home. There's just a little bit of plumbing issue with something leaking a little bit, just light things here and there that needed to be fixed. These doors needed to be closing automatically to the garage we said, okay, we'll let you get these people out. It'd be like um, a little under two grand. So if you'll knock that off our closing costs, we'll call it a day or you can fix them for us and we'll still pay the full. She knocked it off the closing costs. So she ate that money and mm. we got to pay less, which was wonderful because whoo, you don't realize that shit happens and it just bites you in the ass <laughs> or this it could, but true- it didn't. Yeah, thankfully it didn't bite you in the butt, but um, this is yeah. some real adulting that a lot of folks are not ready for. Nikki, are you okay over there? It was all <laughs> very foreign to me, so kind of zoned out oh, a yes. little bit. Not going to lie. It was all very I know, foreign. I know. That's, that, that's same, my only same. thing. That's how like, I felt, ooh. too. I don't know. I know. But when you're in it, it's like things go by so fast and there's so many things that it, it doesn't feel it's not hard. It's just there's a lot to look at. And read. <laughs> yes. Wait. And what? What's one of the biggest things you would do different, Kristen? I think I wish I would have known more about like how self-employed people get more money toward a loan. But everything else, I feel like we were pretty thorough. To be honest, like we did a lot of freaking research. Okay. So overall, I I don't have any regrets except oh, okay. getting really emotional over different houses that like, obviously it wasn't meant to be. So stop trying to shoehorn yourself into the situation. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to pivot this conversation. I think it's time for when I okay. sip. When I sip. Oh, yes. Do, 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 do. Uh, cheers. 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 Hydrating. Um, it's hot as hell out here. I'm going to make a confession <laughs> on here. I have been having major regret about having my wedding instead of a jump start on a house mm. or a down payment. Oh. Really? So there's this show on Netflix. I'm, I don't know if you all have heard of it. It's Whoa. called Marriage or Mortgage. So there's. Of course. Sh- watched it. <laughs> 
all the way through. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> for people, it. yes, for people out there who don't know, it's a show about couples who have X amount of money saved. So in the episode I watched, it say it was thirty five thousand. You have two ladies, one who is a wedding planner, another one who's a real estate agent. So they take these couples for a day and they show them around what they could have. So if you want to go for the wedding, this lady showed her you could have this dream venue, all inclusive, a trolley transportation and a food truck. This lady who went, and a ranch fountain. What bullcrap! <laughs> yes, I know. And a ranch fountain. There was so many. Uh-uh. I can't. There was so many things that the real estate agent throws in, or the the wedding person throws in. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have loved that at my wedding. But for the house, they, <laughs> the they see a few houses, and they obviously, um, you know, go through that whole process of going to look at these houses. But then at the end, the lady goes, oh, I'm going to throw in that fence. You know, you really liked house A. I'm going to throw in that fence for the dog. Oh, you really liked house B. Oh, I'm going to make sure you give a you have a golf tee machine for the man cave and. Like all of these things, right? Oh, mm-hmm. So then in the end, the couple has to choose. You can either choose the house or your dream wedding. So the, the one that I just watched though had me messed up. They were supposed You're to get married. You're screaming. You're screaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were supposed what to be happened? married. It got, spoiler they, alert. They, they, spoiler alert. They chose the wedding and it got canceled because of COVID. So. But that was oh, the thing. I thought they broke up. I, I was no. like, shit. That, that. <laughs> That was the main reason. That was was the main reason why I was screaming during this Netflix show is because I was like, oh my God, they don't know what's about to hit them. And at the end of every episode, when you see that freaking white screen that says, due to COVID, they were not able to have their big day, I'm like, oh, screw you. And you knew, you knew watching that they were not going to have this big day. That it's just like, oh my God, choose. Please be smart and choose. The Please real estate. Choose the Please house. choose the home. <laughs> Get the updated appliances. You will have a sink. You will be in your house for a year. I was so upset. So upset Dude. for them. This show had me out here fucked up, y'all. Like this show. They needed to though. The producers were like, you gotta get married. We need someone to get married. No one's buying a house on this episode. (laughs) No, girl, it's because they they didn't know a virus was about to hit the whole dang world. Shit. That is so shitty. But they're like, oh, we got it. We got this. I think my major regret was questioning, like, if I made the right choice. Like, I wanted this day for my wedding more than anything. And when we started planning it, obviously, like them, pre-COVID, then COVID hit. And I think deep down, I was like, I'm not scaling back. I'm too far in. I've already done all the work and I'm not doing this. (laughs) Like, I was very to my guns about it. And like... Granted, my ass kept us in budget that me and my husband had set, but still the day has now passed. And what am I left with? And granted, I have pictures, videos, and memories, which are amazing, but an empty bank account and rent. And not a home, oh. you know? Oh. <laughs> it has me well, feeling yeah. a type of way. <laughs> true, true, Nick. But making that big decision and you guys haven't chosen the location of where you want to mm-hmm. want your home yeah. to be, like you made the right decision in this season of life, choosing your wedding. And that's also how I felt. I was being way too ambitious when we were planning. We got engaged back in 20, um, 2018. I was saying, or we were saving for the wedding and the house. And I was like, I'm going to be on this show for six years. It's in my car. Contract. Just I had it all planned out. I'm like, we're gonna get this in two years. We're gonna finally move back. Your girl's gonna be pregnant before 30. Y'all know I had it all planned uh, yeah. out. Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought I was gonna have the wedding and the baby and the home all at once. And God has a strange way of like shaking up what you think are your plans and making your plans mm-hmm. for you. So yep. I, I'm really I don't want you to live in regret and any, anyone listening. You know, listen to what Nikki's saying. If you're in that situation, take some time to, re, you know, reassess whether it's right for you. But Nick, I think you made the best decision for the seasonal life y'all are in. 
I know. And she's shaking her head. Say, she's shaking her head. Yeah, it's but not- I wouldn't say get buy a house with someone you're not married to. That's something I would say you would want to be legally bound before you get involved in a house. <laughs> well, Girl, I she just, was getting married either way. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, I know. I could. I'm just saying, yeah, scaled back. Scaled back. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what you're saying. Now, what yeah. I would do, I know we're talking about real estate, but I would have made sure the scale down the wedding, have a long honeymoon. Oh my God, I would have yeah. done that differently. But this is a, this is not the episode. Your, your yeah. girl was out here thriving on her honeymoon. We had the pictures and videos in our chats to show we had it. it. Girl, y'all are get it. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. Y'all are so funny. But I will say, I will say one thing that um, this is this whole process has taught me since I I haven't had a W two job since 2019. Now that I'm on the other side with my husband, where I'm getting 1099s or contract work and all of that. Um, when we were saving for our down payment, it was off of my salary. It was off of those kinds of set things. And I, you know, I knew pretty much I was going to be able to get pre-approved for a certain amount or had like a ballpark idea before going to banks, just focused on my debt. Now it's a totally different thing. So if you're in a situation where you've got 1099s or if you're self-employed like myself and my husband, there are different ways that you can enter the housing market that aren't as typical because getting pre-approved is a whole, oh, it's just so many documents. It's so much that they have to validate. Like yep, it is they go through your bank account. They want everything. your screenshots from the last three months. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, okay. They need those three two months. years of tax returns, sometimes three. Uh-huh. Like they need yep. to know where your money is coming from. And, and like they need to kind of see an increase over the year, not a decrease. And we know 2020 yep. with a lot of people, it wasn't, you know, wasn't hidden for a lot. I'll be honest, my 2020 wasn't that bad financially, but then they go see the next one and be like, girl, what happened? (laughs) But but one thing I started looking into because we still wanted to buy a home was there are different ways that investors all these years have been buying homes and it's something called subject to. So I'm no no expert. I hope that we'll bring on someone in the future that can really break all this down for y'all. But from what I've learned in YouTube University is that subject to is basically, um, it's a way that the, the person that is interested in buying the property basically takes over the mortgage of someone that wants to move out and it stays in that person's name. So you don't have to go through a bank to get pre-approved or oh, go wow. through all of those different things. Wow. But the, the problem with subject two is you've got to write these letters. You have to like, there's like a whole, um, online listing that kind of shows houses that are in subject to and it's very rare to find them so a lot of investors are very like into this world because that's how they're getting their houses without having to really put anything down so it's a lot harder for the average person trying to get a single family home like in some situations maybe you know someone who um is in your family that doesn't want to completely let go of the home and wants to do you a favor so you can get into that home then you can just take over that mortgage and easy peasy but for most people it's not so hopefully we can bring someone on that can really dive deep so y'all yeah. can know what subject two is all about. But I was really interested in that um, uh, when we were going through or we're still going through our journey. But as we were going through our journey, I'm like, OK, don't get discouraged. You can get approved for more. You've got a big uh, chunk of change saved up. Mm-hmm. So let maybe go this route. Keep yeah, that in mind. Yeah, though. that's an idea. <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option, to be honest. And, and when you said that, I was like, damn. Oh, wait, I'm already closed. I'm at, the, I'm at that point. I can't and get there anymore. It sounds appealing, but it's harder than. Yeah, yeah it's it, really hard. Yeah, <laughs> they make it hard. Yeah, I bet. 
And that mm-hmm. was for people who are self-employed and like you, like your husbands and now you are. Yeah. Any, that's what you said. Mm-hmm. Anybody, mm-hmm. anyone that has 1099 um, or Got contract it. work, anyone that's not uh, W-2 uh, income, which is like it. the easiest way to get it pre-approved. Right. then that's the route to yeah. go. W-2 is definitely a, a saving grace for our, us because they based mainly the majority of our loan based on my salary because mm-hmm. I am a W-2 employee, which I think that's pretty normal, but they obviously people work for themselves and they want to buy houses and people that work for themselves own houses. So that is definitely an option to look into. I oh, yeah. wish we had looked So Kristen, let me ask for your next home. For the next home. Oh, uh, Kristen, <laughs> let me ask you, I know you talked about this on a previous episode, but was moving in with, uh, your, your in-laws, um, the sole reason was to do this home buying process, uh, paying off debt, those kinds oh, yeah. of things. Yes. It's called house hacking. <laughs> we did this. Um, <laughs> so this hacking. is something you do, you can do, um, this, we follow this guy, Rob built. This is, uh, he's like an investor guy on YouTube and he would talk about how, he had a house in LA that he bought and it was a shitty rundown house. He kind of fixed it up a little bit and rented out a room to one of his buddies and charged him like 800 bucks a month. And that $800 helped pay for their mortgage. So then they were able to save and fix up another room in their house that was a basement. So they made it into another room. Then they rented out that. And so we started thinking like, oh, like house hacking, like how, how can we do that? Or how can we kind of like get into, well, we'd have to move home. What do you think about moving home? Mm -hmm. Um, Do we want to move home? I don't know if we want to do that. It would help us with, you know, not really having to deal with rent. We pay utilities and, you know, everything, but rent, like Michael's parents are letting us live here rent free, which is very nice. Okay. I understand not everybody's in that situation. We are rent free. So that really that overhead of not having to pay rent in Los Angeles took away our debt. Like I said earlier in three months, it was so amazing. Like we were able to do it very quickly. But even if you rent in L.A. and you're like married or whatever you are, you have to make some kind of sacrifice, whether that's moving back to Texas for Courtney or moving back to Chicago for Nikki and me moving back in with family when, you know, we're 30 two and 31 years old and we have a dog like girl please you got, you, I'm just so saying many like people you, do that. if you if you really want to get there like there are ways you can do it and you don't look like a loser you're really investing in your future you've got to sacrifice now to get where you want to be for your future self is how Michael and I looked at it and and that was yeah that was why we moved in here we were like how can we do this in half the time because right. it would have taken us three years to get that you know, or at least a year and a half to get that chunk of change in our pockets, ready to go. And we did that within four months. We were in the housing market looking and that was with Robin's help um, with that down payment. So that was- I just need you to sound a little bit more lit over the fact that you got a home. Like you sound like you are in- I know, what am I doing? But like, you're like downplaying- (laughs) um, you're downplaying mm-hmm. the process. Like this is incredible, yeah. Kristen. Somebody mm-hmm. out there is going to be inspired. Like the fact that you went through that method, going and living with your uh, in-laws, and then not being afraid to ask your aunt. Like those are huge, big girl things. Like what? Yeah. And I, you know what? And you know what we did? We didn't. We didn't. We put together a whole spreadsheet of like, here's what it could be. Here's what we'll do. Here's how much we could make. Like Michael and I have done so much research. Like 
don't just willy nilly it. Like you've really got to put in the time and effort um, yes. to to get where you want to be. And and that's, you know, we had to sacrifice our space to be able to do that. Luckily, they have a large enough home for us. We thought about moving in with my parents. My dad, like I've said previously, is a somewhat hoarder. So I think Michael and I would have either been divorced or I would have not had a family <laughs> after that. I so I'm just very thankful. I will. Thankful to Michael's parents. I will say this, though. Us even though you guys, like, basically sacrificed your space, you didn't sacrifice your time and memories with people because you were able to travel for both of mine and Courtney's weddings yeah. while you guys were in the thick of things. Um, you guys weren't, like, you know those people who you hear about who they can't even, like, buy... A a dollar cheeseburger. Those are the kind, you know, people who literally are trying to save every little last penny. You guys weren't like that. You yeah. had your your spreadsheet. You had, oh yeah, you know, you had your Budgeted. shit together. Yeah. So I, I yep. think, you know, you said like people may frown upon you because you live with your in-laws and you're 30 something years old. I feel like maybe pre-COVID people would be a little more judgy of people, but like, I feel like COVID has taught us a lot and that is you got to live for bitches. yourself. <laughs> you you got to do you. For yourself. <laughs> Here's Amen. the thing. COVID or not, I don't give a damn what nobody <laughs> think about me. So if y'all are worried about where I'm living, that's on you. You need to figure out. That's go, on you. Go fix your own interior design. Go fix your own home. Yeah. F- figure out Could your you? own marriage, God dog it. Don't worry about what's going on over here. God dog it. God dog it. Did she just say God dog it? <laughs> yes, I did. And anybody that is, is from the South knows that that is a very typical term. So um, oh shout out to God. all of us. <laughs> I love it. I We're love like, who, it. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks of us. And then we make fun of Courtney God for saying it. God dog it. <laughs> I love it so much. But anyway, you guys are more than welcome to come to my house. You know, not this one, but the one out in the dirt. Uh, it's beautiful. And as soon it's like, it snows there, you guys. That's the excitement. Oh I'm really excited for that. Yeah. It See, snows no, in Joshua Tree. No, ma'am. No, Y'all she's not enjoy a fan. yourself. You enjoy your snow. <laughs> I moved to the West to be warm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) As soon as the sun goes down, it's like so cool and beautiful. And uh, I I just can't wait. We'll have to have a girls weekend out there. Once I have furniture and, you know, a working situate bathroom that's not looking like it does right now but anyway i love this for you i love this for you look (laughs) y'all are listening this is a clear success story Kristen has entered the housing market she got a home she's doing the thing making all the renovations um check out her airbnb when that comes out i'm sure you need to subscribe to get all the updates there to Kristen and michael's channel yeah subscribe to Kristen and michael on youtube thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) well yeah if y'all are in the same situation as us like we're definitely going to bring on an expert because the housing market, they could be a three-part series. Not to say that's what we're we're gonna do, because we're no financial experts here. But we want to bring somebody on that can really break it down for y'all. Because we know a lot of y'all are house hunting, and you don't need to get discouraged. You can own that home, even if it's not immediately. Amen. And this is all you know. You'll know all the things of what we wish we knew by listening to this episode. So I hope that um, this series kind of kicks off the next few or many that we do. What were you yes. going to say, Nick? Well, I was just going to say it's going to be a monthly recurring like segment. So if there's something I know you guys really resonated with the 20s and I know that's like a huge like age for us. Like now that we're all like in our 30s, you know, 30 was like that age everyone was scared of. But like if you guys want to hear something you wish you knew, something that's trending in your friend group, like please, please, please hit us up. 
We have a lot that we're going to cover in the next few, but we always need ideas. So come at us. Yes. yes. <laughs> Here's an idea that I know these girls are going to be on, on board for. And I'm about to throw them off. They they definitely want to do a what I wish I knew about sex or before I lost my virginity. Ah, these girls will talk about that. Exactly what they I will, They will talk about that all day. All day. <laughs> Listen to you, Courtney. Oh, What's going on? I didn't Thank you say, so much for listening. No, no, no. I didn't say that I wanted to talk about it. Mm. I said y'all are going to want to talk about Home it. Girls but girls going to listening (laughs) if y'all want to hear that uh what i wish uh what we wish we knew slide into our dms and tell us that that's what you want to hear from don't be nasty though girls and guys Mm. you could be nasty Uh, to mine uh nikki hendry one come on at me (laughs) i'm about to i'm about to get on i'm about to hang up where's jay where's jay (laughs) the door's closed when i do this for a reason All right. All right, Love you guys. guys. We'll see you next week. Start your week off with some boss lady energy every Monday. And send us your suggestions for future episodes. Slide into those DMs. And follow us on social media at Boss Lady Energy Pod. <laughs>